I'd like to introduce you to Zelly. He's been dealing with the police his entire life. This time, this story might not seem so important. After all, it's about something small, getting property back, a cell phone. But to Zelly, trying to get his phone back from the police doesn't feel small. It feels like one more interaction with a system designed to make him feel insignificant. We're just gonna hop in the car with Zelly. I'm there too, the reporter. We're off to the NOPD property room. That's New Orleans Police Department. It's a beautiful spring day in New Orleans in 2018. This is Unprisoned. I'm Eve Abrams. Here we go. that I carried around with me for a month waiting to figure out what happened with Tim's case. Here we are. Ha ha. <laughs> this is Kelly Oriens. She's a lawyer. Today she's Zelly's lawyer, though for reasons you'll soon understand, she's carrying a motion signed by a judge who oversaw a misdemeanor marijuana case, a case that did not involve Zelly. It involved his friend, Tim Crump. So the judge signed it. I saw that Tim had pled because, duh, mm -hmm. it's a simple possession case. They're not going to push it that hard. Yeah, this way. So he pled guilty, which meant the case was closed. So I went in yesterday. and Kelly's white and also slight. She has a mess of curly brown hair and a huge smile. Picture a ninja in business attire. She's telling Zelly how she got this motion signed in court the day before. And then um, the judge starts to sign it and he stops. And he said, well, how do I know that this guy owns this cell phone? And I said, well, because he's been paying the bill on it for months. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, I need proof. I need proof that he owns this cell phone. And I said, actually, Your Honor, and I tried to respectfully correct him. I said, Your Honor, you actually don't require any proof. Uh, the NOPD will verify proof that, right. that he actually owns it. We just need you to authorize that the cell phone is no longer needed for legal purposes. And he kind of sat there with like a kind of a scowl on his face. <laughs> he did not like that. Zelly is African-American, thin, has long dreads and an easy smile. His real name is William Alexander, but nobody calls him that. Everyone calls him Zelly, including Kelly. And then he said, well, fine, we'll see. And he, you know, he signed it and, uh, and handed it back to me. So I don't know what's so hard about giving a signature to get somebody's property back that that's not even supposed to be in your possession. It had been three months since Zelly's phone was charging in his friend Timothy Crump's car. It was late afternoon, and they were in a recording studio with two other friends making a song. They got thirsty, and Tim went to buy everybody drinks. Zelly stayed behind in the music studio. On Tim's way to the store, things did not go as planned. The police report about what happened mentions a suspicious person and that Tim's car matched the description for a suspicious vehicle. We asked the police what made this vehicle and the person driving it suspicious, but they never responded. Anyway, officers searched Tim's car and eventually found a small amount of marijuana in his backpack. The police handcuffed Tim and took him to jail. They also took Zelly's phone, all the phones in the car, as evidence. Ever since, Zelly's been trying to get his phone back. This kind of cat and mouse thing with the police, it's not new for Zelly. It feels like all his life, the police have been on him and his friends. I could think of when I was small, man, we were just playing basketball. Police would just roll up and stop us like, just for anything. It's just 
Like it's a group of y'all. What y'all up to? You could just be walking up the street, anything. So many times I got stopped by the police just riding the bike up the street, put the flashlight on you. Wait, where you coming from? Like, my friend, I was like, what you doing? I'm riding a bike. Like, just obvious stuff, but they'll ask you questions. Then they won't get you off the bike, search you, and then they'll just let you go like they ain't do nothing, man. You just you just violated me for nothing. Like, uh, if, you, if you're in a car with two, three of your friends, you're getting pulled over because they're going to think you're trying to do something. You can't even ride with two, three of your friends in a car. <laughs> That's crazy. In this latest round with the police over his phone, Zelly eventually asked Kelly for help. Kelly isn't just a lawyer. She co-directs a re-entry organization for formerly incarcerated people called the First 72 Plus. They provide legal services and small business incubation. Zelly got help starting his business, promoting and managing bans at the First 72 Plus. This is how Kelly and Zelly know each other. Kelly's had a lot of experience with a system that isn't straightforward, but trying to get Zelly back his phone has been like blazing a trail in the legal system wilderness. That's what was so confusing too for everyone in the, the courtroom, the staff and the judge, is they said, well, your client isn't Timothy Crump. And I said, I know, my, my client wasn't a party to this case ever. His cell phone just happened to be in the car and it was taken into evidence. And uh, they just didn't have anything to say about that. The assistant district attorney prosecuting Tim Crump had said he needed Zelly's phone as evidence, which is why Kelly had to wait until after Tim's case was closed. Also, why he needed Tim's judge to sign that motion Kelly's been carrying around for a month. Because it's an official way of saying we don't need Zelly's phone anymore. But what's been so striking to me through this whole process is not the judge, not the clerk, not the district attorney, not the, the overall clerk of yeah. the Orleans Parish Courthouse. They don't have any idea how this process works. Well, nobody. Like, this section will say, oh, no, you got to go to this department. Then when you go to that department, oh, you have to go here. And they send you back and forth all day. Yeah. Nobody know what's going on. When I actually asked the clerk about where I go from here, they're just like, you tell me. I, I have no idea. <laughs> and, and it was very interesting, too, that no one that I've encountered was even familiar with this motion. When your property is taken by police, it's up to you to get it back by filling out this motion for return of property. But most people never bother, or they give up, says Ellie. Nobody never get their cell phone back. <laughs> nobody, I'm talking, I'm nobody. No. You never get nothing back to take. Because who would stay on it for this long? <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been gave up if I ain't had all my contacts and stuff in there. That's my life in that phone, I need that. <laughs> for over three months, Zelly's been without his phone, which is also his only computer. It has all his contacts, all his passwords. Each month he's been making payments on it, even though he can't use it. And it's not just business he's missed out on. Here's Zelly the week before. One of my cousins who just passed, she was sick in the hospital with cancer and her number was in that phone. I couldn't get in touch with her. My cousin Angela, she just passed on me too. And my aunt out there, she's sick, can't get in touch with her because that number in the phone. I can't do nothing. like. I really can't do nothing without that phone. I got everything saved to it. That's your computer. That's my computer, for right. real. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Kelly's not the only one who didn't think about that. When I was in court last week, mm -hmm. the district attorney, when I approached him, he said, well, if he's gone this long without a phone, he doesn't really need it back. Zelly had gone without his phone for months, but that whole time, he'd been trying to get it back. At first, all on his own. 
every time it's just the run around, the run around. You got to worry about the judge talking to you with an attitude. You can't really tell him too much because he'll put you in jail. Then the lady who at the front desk, like as like soon as you walk in the courthouse, you got to worry about her with an attitude. If you're trying to walk up and go get a paper to the judge. So I had to really come to Kelly. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I really needed to because no, like, we weren't getting nowhere. I'm t- I was going everywhere, man. I was going everywhere just trying to get my phone back. And it wasn't just Zelly's phone. Three other phones were seized as evidence. It was four phones total. Aside from Tim's? Yeah, aside from Tim's. They didn't even take his phone. That's the craziest part. It is pretty crazy. When Tim was arrested on that misdemeanor marijuana charge, his phone was in his pocket. And when the NOPD booked him into jail, they took his phone along with his other property. When Tim made bail, he got his property back, including his phone. But Zelly, who was never charged, who had nothing to do with Tim's case, still doesn't have his phone back. So Kelly, how come you're coming along? Because I have a feeling that much like any process that a client of mine engages in, that he would get treated completely different if I wasn't with him. Just like how, for absolutely no reason whatsoever, they had to have a lawyer file this motion when you can be sentenced to the death penalty without an attorney and you can choose to represent yourself. Lawyers are not a necessity of this process. I think for the most part, they just thought I wasn't going to come back with no lawyer or nothing. Because right. the first two times I, when they told me to come back with a lawyer, I still was like, I'm going to try him. <laughs> then I go talk to somebody else. But then when I see anyone going away, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, D, I need you to call Kelly. Can you imagine what it would have cost? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not charging yeah. Zelly anything. But I was thinking today, if I, let's see, I put about three hours in the first day to research the process and then go to magistrate court. Kelly lists every step she's had to take. And now this. It probably <laughs> would have been about 10 hours, roughly, of work. I think Wait, where are we? Um, the evidence building on, what is that, Elhort? But we're in the Home Depot parking lot. Yeah, because they don't have no parking spots by them. Even the police park over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was wondering why there were all these police cars. Yeah. All right, I'm going to bring my lawyer folder. Because I forgot my blazer. Let's do it, baby. Is that it right there? Yeah, this brick building. Yes, sir, it's my fourth time coming back to this building. got the judge's signature. We're in a small spare room. There are some chairs against the wall. Another wall has a huge plexiglass window and behind it is a woman, a police officer. Kelly passes the signed motion to her through a sliding tray. I don't have an item number. An item number? Yeah. An item number would be something that would be on the police report, but we wouldn't have had access to that because you're not a party to the case and I wasn't Tim's attorney. Something new is always a new one. Now we gotta find item number. Kelly, ever determined, gets on her phone. Ma'am, I just was able to pull up an item number. Uh, K165.
Five minutes go by, and then the officer returns. It's at Criminal District Court property room. So where do we take it to get it from there? Um, is that Tulane board? I don't exactly know what room it is. It's at the Criminal District Courthouse? Yes. Everything went over the Criminal District Court property room. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Um, but you don't know where in the building we go? I'm pretty sure once you guys get in there, you just ask someone where, where the property room is. But it's not here. Okay, thank you. Thank you. kind of get it, but I'll be saying, like, nobody know nothing about nothing. It's just always be like that. Oh, I don't know exactly what you have to do or where you have to go, but come on, man. This the whole New Orleans like this. If your job is to like store how, property, how can man. you not know the process like the back of your hand? We get back in the car and drive back to Tulane and Broad, where the courthouse is. Also, a few blocks from where we started out, at the first 72 plus, where Kelly works. The first 72 plus was started by formerly incarcerated people. Their motto is, us helping us. We park across from the courthouse. Hopefully this is the last thing, man. I was feeling good, but now they got me in doubts again. <laughs> they got me in doubts again. property room and they said that the property had been transferred to the courthouse property room. Okay. You should probably check 114 over first. Okay, thank you. And again, <laughs> no one knows where to go or what to do. Ten. Here, uh, 12, 14. No, 11. One. Still, that's There we go. Hi. Uh, yes, we're looking for the property room. We have a judge's order to release property back. The property room is off limits. Um, is Donna expecting you? I'm no, ma'am. She's okay. not. Right. She's gonna call for you. Thank you. Yeah. Is that what smells so good? That gumbo. Yeah, from Broadbanks. Smells so good. <laughs> <laughs> Broad, Broad. The person in charge is not around. You can keep your paper if you choose and call them back and see if you can come and get it. Are they on shift today? Yes, they are. Okay, well, do you know when they'll be back? No, I don't. <laughs> They're probably at lunch. Okay, so <laughs> who, who do we call? Property and evidence room. What's the number? 658. 
And what's their name? Uh, Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown? Yes. And he's the head of property and evidence? He's presently in charge today. Today? Yes. Okay, property and evidence. So we simply call that until we can get a hold of someone. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Not and anyone. Mr. Brown. <laughs> Mr. Brown. But just today, he's the only he's only in charge today? Yeah, because the supervisor's not here today. Okay. What about, um, this woman over here was mentioning that there, that it moved to Gravier Street. Is there a chance our stuff is over at Gravier Street? That's where they are. But you can't go over there until you check with Mr. Brown. Okay, what's the address on Gravier Street again? 2751. Okay. So you want me to clock it in for you and you just call them and see what they say? Sure, you can clock it in, but I'll take that original back with me. Yeah, you need to give it to them when they uh, present the property to you if they have it. If they have it? Where else could it be? We have to check with them. Maybe police department never turned it in. You got to do no, we just left there. They said they turned it in over here. Okay. Well, I don't know. She asked the question, and that's the answer to the question. What does clocking it into? Let them know that it was in this office. The office. Uh, it's to me. Yes. If you want to leave it with me, that's fine too. Then. No, we you don't have any idea the journey we've been on to get this document signed. <laughs> I'm going to be buried with this. That's fine. And just call Mr. Brown. Okay. Thank you. All right. Alrighty. How come everybody catch an attitude when I'm asking? Like, how can you catch an attitude? This is your job. I'm talking about the whole office called an attitude like this. That's crazy, bro. We were nice. We were courteous. I wasn't with Kelly. Imagine how they treat you. They talk to you like you like you this big. They talk. They treat you like you're small, man. This isn't new. Zelly says he spent his lifetime being treated a certain way because of how he looks. My hairstyle, dreads. I'm dog skin. I'm up to something. That's all they think. And when I'm nothing like that, but. It just, you know, that's that's just people's perception of you, like, you're up to something. It happened all the time, really. It's so normal, it happens so much. We leave the courthouse and walk around the corner to the court's property room. I'm gonna call Mr. Brown. There was a lot of wind, sorry about that. Hi, is Mr. Brown available? My name is Kelly and I'm an attorney and I have assigned judges order Kelly goes through the whole property. story again, and then, She's saying that the only evidence they have tied to this case is a book sack with a couple of sandwich bags in oh, it. Oh, man. They got four iPhones in that book sack. So, so, man, no, 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 no. They can't steal my stuff like that, dog. Kelly switches to speakerphone. I say NOPD most likely still have it. NOPD just sent us over to you. They said they don't have it. Are you showing in your system where it is? NOPD main warehouse. NOPD's main warehouse, which is located where? I think that's over there by... The Home Depot on Earhart? Yes, yes. Yes, ma'am. We just went there, and the clerk at that office, the officer told us that it was at Criminal District Court property room. So I have a yellow clear sandwich bag, and they got one empty book sack. But you see that four iPhones were seized in conjunction with the arrest, along with the book bag. Yes, I We have the sandwich bag and the empty book bag. You so know, you got the empty money. book sack and the sandwich bags and the money and the iPhones are missing. You keep saying missing. We never received them. That's all I'm saying. We over here at the courthouse never received them. And it's your position that NOPD still has them. That, that's what the beast says. 
All right, well, thank, thank you, you, ma'am. You're welcome. Man, I can't believe this, bro. But can't you? It feels like we're Who the we first ripple? people to ever pursue this. I'm telling you, I, I really think we are, cause nobody pursued it from. When you when you lose something from NOPD, you just let it go, cause you know you ain't getting it back. And I need this man and people tripping. It's really like four thousand dollars worth of phone. Kelly dials NOPD property where we started out. Hi, um, this is Kelly Orians. I was just over with my client trying to get an iPhone seven, and. We're over here at the criminal district court property room, and we were just informed by them that they are in possession of a backpack and some sandwich bags that were seized in the arrest, but not the money or the iPhones that were also seized. Hold on one second. Hold on. Two minutes go by. Ma'am? Yes. Yes, you're saying that everything went to court, but the court guy's not here right now. When was that sent? That went over on the 20th of this month. And what was transported on the 20th of February? Let me make sure. It's one cameo backpack. The money went over to city finance. And, and the sandwich bags. What about the iPhones? Yeah, the iPhone, it should have went over also, but I'm pretty sure he, he didn't scan it or something. Is that customary, that it wouldn't have been scanned? No, it's not. So we need to speak to the court guy? No, I need to speak to the court guy. And what's his so, name? Um, once I get in contact with him, I, you can come in tomorrow. You're saying that everything went over to the court, but that phone is, you know, that phone is a, another thing. There are actually four iPhones in the case. Four? I only see one. Wait, let me see. Yeah, one. Yeah, it should have been an big. Wait, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. <laughs> that is really thieves, bruh. It wasn't scanned. Kelly looks down at her phone to see how long she's been on hold. Nine minutes and 17 seconds. Four minutes later, 13 minutes on hold. Ma'am? Yes. May I have a number for you right fast? Sure, it's 303-5375. Okay, I'll call you back within 10 minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. This whole time, we've been sitting outside the court property room on Gravier Street. There was no way to get in. The door was locked. There was no intercom, no buzzer. But just then, the door opens and out steps Mr. Brown, the man in charge uh, for to today. In his hand is the receipt of what the court property room received from NOPD property. This is what was brought to us. One camo backpack, one yellow of clear sandwich bag containing four individually wrapped clear baggies with green vegetable matter. No. So if you're looking for anything else, is that an OPD? This is what we brought to us. That's uh, what I brought the receipt. I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to say it because you need to hear it. Okay, it appears as though these cell phones were stolen. Let me explain something to you. Almost 30 years I've been in here. And this same thing has been going on over and over. We don't get everything the all the time. Thing? We don't get everything all the time. Where does it go? NOPD gets it first, okay? When it gets ready to go to court, the ADA will request this, that, or the other to be brought to court. ADA, Assistant District Attorney. In this case, the person who appeared in court to prosecute Tim Crump on the misdemeanor marijuana charge. Then we get it. We log it in, and it's brought to court when it's called for. 
if it's not considered to be evidence, we don't get it. As you can see, see, we didn't get it. See, this is, this is our cover. We keep these for situations like this. If anything comes up, we can show you exactly what was brought to us. And this is the officer that brought it, Kenny Guidry. Kenny Guidry. He's the officer who brought the evidence, minus the cell phones, from NOPD property to here, criminal court property. Kenny Guidry is who the woman on the phone with Kelly was talking about, the court guy. Zelly gets this all immediately. That's the court man she was talking about then. Kenny Guidry. Yeah, that's the one who was supposed to bring it. That's who didn't scan her cell phone. That's our location. So Kenny, what is it, Guidry? That's what we need to talk to, because he was the last one with the phones. Mr. Brown, the man in charge for today, goes back inside. And just then, Kelly gets a call. Hello, this is Kelly. Hi, Kelly. This is Reno Denali's police department. Yeah. He came back and he 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 was on his desk. They they didn't accept it at court. So where are the cell phones physically located at this moment? You can come here, come back here to retrieve it. They were on his desk. We'll be right there. Yeah, it was in his right. May I have that gentleman's name? She gonna hang up. That's the dude, Kenny. Why is the phone on your desk they when it's said supposed the to court be in court? Wouldn't accept. Come on, man. Hi, yes, this is Kelly. You hung up before I could ask another question. Can you please tell me the name of the gentleman whose desk the phones were on? That's okay. He, he, when you get here, um, I, I'll have him talk to you. Can I ask his name so that I can make sure to ask for the right person? When you come here, I know who the right person is. You won't tell me his name. Is his name Kenneth Gidry? Yes. Thank you. I already knew that. He really ain't want to tell me his name because he stole it. I'm pressing charges. They were on his desk. I never respected a thief, bro. Never. I never stole. It's an embarrassing feeling when you get caught. I know she feels stupid. That's why I never stole because you feel crazy when you get caught. In the New Orleans Police Department manual, there's an explicit procedure for how to handle evidence called the chain of custody. Each time a piece of evidence changes location or is handled by someone else, it's supposed to be recorded. The date, the time, and the name of the individual transporting the evidence to its proper destination. From what we were hearing, Kenny Guidry, the court guy, had broken the chain of custody. We walk back to the car and drive back to the Home Depot parking lot next to NOPD property. I don't even think she was calling nobody when they had us on hold for them little 15 minutes. She was listening. I know what she was doing. I used to do that. We walk into NOPD property, take a seat, and wait. A few minutes pass, and then the door to the back opens. Out walks Kenny Guidry, the court guy. Yeah, no, I'm Officer Gidry, I'm the court liaison. Uh-huh. You guys had a question about the phone? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we are here to get the phones. Okay. We have a signed judge's order. Okay. Um, and we're also here to figure out how the cell phones got separated from the rest of the evidence and ended up on your desk. No problem. I'm the court liaison officer. We just came back off the monograph um, the deployment or whatever. So there's quite a bit of evidence that's in my office right now, a whole bunch of evidence that we're just trying to get out. And that one was just left by accident in my office. When, when was the original evidence brought to court? Do you remember that date? February 20th. Exactly one week after Mardi Gras. February the 20th. Okay. 
Yeah, I have a bunch of evidence in my office, and basically I'm just catching up after the Mardi Gras thing, and it was just left there by accident. The rest basically. of the evidence made it to the court. Yeah, yeah, it did. Occasionally, sometimes I bring things separately because it's just piled up in my office, so it's just left by accident. That's all, that's all, that's all, that's it. That seems to be a huge violation of chain of custody. No, it's not a violation of chain of custody, man, because I'm the court liaison officer. I have a secure office in the back that nobody has access to, but other secure members of the, of the police department. Nobody gets back there but us, and we were what's called the, um, they call the officers, the secure officers in the back office. Nobody has keys but the supervisors and us. So it's secure and it's not a violation of the chain of evidence. It's not. We asked the police for an explanation of Officer Gidry's behavior, of why Zelly's phone ended up on his desk. But the NOPD never responded. May we please get our cell phones? This is what she's working on. Help yourself. Good luck. Thank you guys. Have a great day. And I want to tell you that the court order wasn't because the judge didn't sign it. I mean, put his seal. So that's a, a problem too, because the judge didn't put his or her seat. You've got to be kidding me. And then you don't have an item number. Ma'am, I will write the item number on there. That is the but judge's signature. Ma'am, you're now telling us you won't give us the cell phones because there's no seal. The woman's supervisor walks in, Sergeant A.P. Miller. He picks up the motion, looks at it. He might let him get it. Two minutes later, the sergeant walks through the same door Kenny Gidry had. May I accompany? This is the secure area with the attorney, but not the client. While Zelly and I wait, Kelly calls the judge's clerk, who assures the sergeant that the judge had signed this motion. Fifteen minutes go by, and then the door opens and out walks Kelly. In her hand is Zelly's phone. Yeah, baby. They can hold me down. I'm telling you. I told him to get my phone back. But say, brother, for real, though, y'all need to come get them phones. Outside, Zelly gets on the cheap phone he's been using and tells his friends, whose phones the NOPD still has, how to get them back. There's an overwhelming yeah, say, say, smell of marijuana in that back room, which is kind of interesting. As well as like four Christmas trees, a flat screen TV. And we couldn't come in there because what? Because there's very serious and important evidence in locked offices, even though every door to every office was open and people were just sitting around watching TV. They had DVD players in there with DVDs and people are just watching TV. The sergeant had a television on in his office. He sat there looking over this phone, and he said, why did you notarize the judge's signature? And I said, I didn't. I notarized my client's signature. And then I asked him, Are, is this the first time you've ever seen a form like this? He said, no, I've been doing this for 30 years. Oh, no. I got <laughs> and so I asked him, why didn't you recognize that I was notarizing my client's signature? And he just got all huffy and wouldn't communicate anymore. <laughs> Uh, that boy, you seen what's saying? Would he have to go through the whole process? Yeah, of... we'll have to file the motion. The same yeah, you gotta motion file the motion and all that, bro. She can hear you. You need to go to the clerk's office in the criminal courthouse at Tulane and Broad and ask them for a motion and order for release of property. It's just a form motion. I need, need all y'all to do that together. And then bring that over to my office and we'll get it filled out there and I'll file all three of them at once. Okay? Not long after, Zelly's friends got their phones back. Kelly told them what to do and notarized their paperwork. But this time, they were able to do it on their own. After all, this time, they knew for a fact exactly where the phones were. 
the year after Zelly and his friends got their phones back, in 2019, the New Orleans Police Department confiscated 1,315 cell phones. Only 23 of them were returned to their owners. That's less than 2% of all phones confiscated. This is the final episode of season two of Unprisoned. If you missed an episode or want to hear one again or share one with a friend, subscribe to the Unprisoned podcast. If you appreciate this kind of storytelling, please write us a review. It helps other people find the show. You can also listen at our website, unprisoned.org, or on wwno.org, where you can see the beautiful illustration Maria Hines made for this episode. It is perfect. Unprisoned's incredibly talented editors are Katie Rechtal and Vicki Merrick. Our theme music is by Greg Schatz. Thanks to the Robert Rauschenberg Foundation for supporting the second season of Unprisoned. Thanks also to Johanna Zorn, Anne Brady, Jess Clark, Katie Fernilius, and the many other ears who helped bring this story into existence. I'm Eve Abrams. This is Unprisoned. <laughs>